Oh, just a few days before St. Nick arrives. And you know what? This is our final show before St. Nick arrives as we're the all show. Accentuating all things Southern. John Rawl, jolly old John Rawl here spreading Christmas cheer and more. And yes, we're going to be off on Friday. We'll be off Monday and we're likely to be off several days, if not the entire week next week. I'm still trying to figure out some travel plans. So this could be our final show of 2023. And so just giving you that heads up, not sure if we're going to squeeze any in or not, but I, I guarantee we'll be bright and bushy-tailed come early January of 2024. Hard to believe that we're already at Christmas and New Year's as well. But that's what the old clock says, and so we're going to have to just swallow it and be happy, be happy. And we've got some thoughts about 2023 on today's program. We've got some information coming in about some of the trends that happened this year and what does that mean going forward. Those are among our news headlines. A lot of you out traveling, as I will. And guess what? Gas prices have reached their lowest level since 2020 on average in the country. And I've got the data on that. Plus, airports with the worst on-time arrival performance. That story is out in case you're going to be flying the friendly skies. We'll let you know about that. If you're going to be running down to the local Walmart, Walmart is adding a buy now, pay later option at 4,500 self-checkouts around the country. Perhaps your local Wally World is among the stores that will have that. We had that terrible storm that passed through the eastern seaboard the last couple of days. It first started off of Florida where 10,000 people lost power, then really bad flooding and really strong winds in the Carolinas. Well, Carnival Cruise has big ships that leave out of the, I think it's Charleston port. And guess what? Some passengers come back from a nice cruise out on the on the high seas. They come back and they discover that their cars have been totaled after that coastal storm passed through the last few days. I'll let you know how many cars we're talking about. And not a not a good welcome home uh, uh, greeting there when your car is totaled and you've been out partying it up on the high seas. We got that story to tell you about, plus how Texas is flying migrants to Chicago now. That's among the headlines. The update on that Confederate memorial in Arlington National Cemetery, and it's not good news. It is not good news at all to report. Chick-fil-A possibly opening up on Sundays. We've got that as part of our headlines today. And the voice winner is from the Commonwealth of Virginia. We'll tell you about all that in our stories of the day here on the Y'all Show. In this opening hour, in addition to the headlines that we've got, we also have coming up our entertainment report, the Nashville Music Line report, and Jerry Seinfeld has gone to Tel Aviv, and I'll tell you what he's doing over there, the comedian. Plus, in country news, Willie Nelson has got some big things going on as he celebrates his 90th year here in 2023. All that is part of our Nashville and entertainment news coming up later this hour. Also, before we get out of here this hour, we've got a little political news to share with you. And Joe Biden is speaking out on Donald Trump's Colorado Supreme Court issue. So we've got that story in our political report. Hour two today, we're going to be telling you about some festivals going on this weekend. Sure enough, there are events planned, even though Christmas is Monday. There are plenty of things going on, including the Philbrook Festival in Tulsa, and you've got the Chapel Creek Red Dirt Music Festival going on this weekend. I'll let you know about what exactly these festivals entail, and I'll tell you 
about stuff going on in every one of our southern states. It's part of our Festive South, and it's going on. What's the activities of the weekend? We got your weekend all set here on the Y'all Show. Hour three today, Kiefer Ingalls is coming by. Kiefer is going to talk about the bowl games. We had a little break from bowls on Wednesday, but today we got college football back up and going with bowl games, and Kiefer is going to get us through the, really all of them since we are likely to not be back on the air till the new year. And I know I won't be able to track Kiefer down. He already told me he's not going to be hanging out and working until 2024. Hmm rough life he's got there (laughs) we're gonna kind of get his take on all the big new year's bowl games plus wednesday was up you know you didn't have a bowl game wednesday in college football but what you did have was the early national signing day and so Kiefer's going to weigh in on how teams fared there and now the transfer portal and the deadline for that is the big story in college football all that with Kiefer ingles our number three that and we also have hashtag hullabaloo talking about the Colorado Supreme Court controversy, and it's all about biscuits and sausage gravy coming your way, hour number three. If you'd like to be involved here on this y'all show here on this 21st day of December, you can always text us as we have our y'all show text line open 24-7, 615-208-4184, or if you'd rather email us, email is certainly a good option. M A I L mail at Y A L L dot com. Appreciate all the folks out there who've let us know stuff going on. We share it with you in our hashtag Hullabaloo. And we are, again, even if we're off the air, happy to receive your letters, even if it's in electronic form and an email. We're happy to take that here on the y'all show so it is christmas time and today's going to be a very busy travel day for folks flying for folks on the highway and here's some good news you know we could use a little good news out there americans are seeing the lowest holiday gas prices in several years going all the way back to 2020 when a guy named trump was in office now that i think about it but yes we are having gas prices drop the administration of Biden says it's because of the president's efforts. Hmm. Then why didn't they have it cheaper the last couple of years? But indeed, gas prices lower than they have been. Gas Buddy estimates the national average price of gas is projected to be 80 cents cheaper than just a few months ago. Now, we are having some of those Houthi attacks going on in Yemen on the Red Sea, and that's alarming people as far as far as the gas prices here 2024 that's going to be a major issue but for right now gas prices for the first time in years now cheaper than they have been somewhere around three dollars that's what the energy and investment senior advisor amos hockstein said that the most americans are seeing prices below three dollars what is it at your local pump? Have you pumped gas lately in the 290 range? Could I get a 280, 270, 260? I think I pumped recently in the 240 range, but you know, sadly, I wasn't even paying enough attention. I know it was in the 250 range the other day when I was traveling. So that's a good thing. Gas, in my opinion, should never cost more than $2.50. It should be more like $2 and on a high day, 
250 and on a good day ooh down there in that dollar something range oh yeah remember those days oh i do so if you're not driving you might be flying somewhere for the holidays so we know that gas prices are low airplane tickets are not quite so cheap these days and in addition to having an expensive airline ticket if you're flying you might also have to deal with airports having the worst on-time arrival performance measurements. And that information is coming out. Uh, and we've got a listing of the 30 busiest airports in the U.S. And we've got bad results for a couple of them, like LaGuardia has, according to the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, the worst on-time arrival in the country you got ewr i'm not exactly sure what code that is but i'm gonna look it up here ewr is the worst followed by fll and mco then laguardia san francisco is up in the top 10 jfk and new york is one of them boston's airport's pretty slow dallas is not doing that great one of the better ones is orlando florida but what is I need to look up these three. Bear with me just a sec because we we do our best to fill you in on all the goings-on with our airports. And it's really odd how some airports have airport codes that definitely don't resemble the town of which they serve. So EWR is Newark. Okay. So thank you. EWR. FLL is on here. Let's see what FLL code is. That would be Fort Lauderdale, the Hollywood International Airport there. Has a terrible on-time arrival. And then the last one on here is MCO. MCO Airport is, and I'm sure all of you out there who fly to some of these airports are like, how could this guy not know these airport codes? Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. MCO is Orlando International Airport. I thought I was just bragging on ORD. What is ORD? If Orlando is bad, then ORD Airport is O'Hare in Chicago. Okay. Sorry. I didn't study up on airport codes when I was a little boy. But we know now that some of our biggest cities have really bad arrival times. And especially now that the holidays are right here, it is not a good thing if you're trying to get off that plane and get off to your Christmas festivities. The justification for these, they've got a breakdown of the reasons. The reasons that some airplanes are slow in getting to their destination, the most common reason is air carrier delay. Then you also have, it looks like a major reason is national aviation system delays causing slow planes and then you have aircraft arriving late just plane arriving late and then sometimes planes are canceled or they even have a security delay at times so just be advised and don't be surprised if you are a little bit late late here especially if you're flying into the big cities you'll have a on-time arrival that's probably going to be slightly slightly bad Speaking of arrivals, remember we had that rough patch of weather over the weekend into Monday along the eastern seaboard of the United States? 
Well, the low country of South Carolina was among the worst places hit. And the Charleston area is home to Carnival Cruise Line. They actually have a port there, and you can leave out of Charleston and go off into the Atlantic, I guess, go down to the Bahamas and more. Carnival Cruise, they had a cruise off in the ocean when this storm hit the South Carolina coastline Sunday. And upon arrival after the storm went by, these Carnival Cruise passengers got back to port and got off the boat and then go out to the parking lot to find that their cars had been totaled after this devastating coastal storm hit the low country. And sure enough, passengers who had traveled to Charleston from all over the country, they might be able to navigate the high seas, but when they come back to navigate their car or pickup truck, they don't have a car or pickup truck because of the damage caused by these storms. The rough seas made it uh, tough on them when they were out on ocean, but then they come back and find that the rough, rough weather destroyed their car and cars sure enough had battered up against each other and they are totaled according to the insurance adjusters as dozens of cars totaled from inches of salt water getting inside of them. And then the, the wind also was a factor, but it was a lot of it was flooding and that is the reason these things are totaled out and not what you expect when you get back into the port there in Charleston to find your ride to take you off to the sunset is all fouled up. Man, what a weird storm that was here the last couple of days. We've got more news headlines going forward in today's Y'all Show that we'll be telling you about, including the reversal of a decision to stop the removal of the Arlington Confederate Cemeteries, the Arlington Cemeteries Confederate Monument there. That thing's now being taken out after a judge has reversed a decision. Plus, Texas is beginning to fly migrants from the border to Chicago. And so Eric Adams of New York City is probably rejoicing that more migrants aren't heading to New York City. Unfortunately, Chicago, you're going to start to feel the effects of the thousands and thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants that arrive in this country every day. And this government that we call the U.S. government hasn't been doing a whole lot to help out. We'll tell you about that. Plus, Chick-fil-A opening up on Sunday. Blasphemy. (laughs) What is that story about? We'll tell you as we move on in our headlines of the day. But when we come back on the Y'all Show, y'all stick with us because we've got a story coming out about entertainment news. We've got stories going on in Nashville and more. And we have Jerry Seinfeld in Tel Aviv. Why is he over there? I'll tell you why the funny man is getting serious. All that is coming right up. With a corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Oh, Frosty, 
day The snowman was alive as he could be And the children say he could laugh and play Just the same as you and me Little Willie for you here on the Y'all Show here getting you ready for Christmas. 2023 was a big year for Willie as he turned 90. Happy birthday, Willie. We're going to hear more about Willie Nelson in our entertainment report. That is now upon us here on the program All About the Southeast. And we're going to start, though, in Tel Aviv because that's where Jerry Seinfeld, the funny man, found himself as he has been in Israel meeting with freed hostages and families there. The comedian was in Tel Aviv earlier this week where he met with these hostages that had been released by Hamas as the war with Gaza going on between Israel right now. And according to a statement posted to the Hostages and Missing Families Forum's Instagram page this week, Jerry Seinfeld and his family actually visited the organization's headquarters where they attended, quote, an emotional meeting with representatives of the families of the hostages, as well as hostages who returned from Hamas captivity. The organization also shared in their post that Seinfeld spoke with families about his commitment to raising awareness about the hostages in the ongoing conflict with Hamas. Remember back in early October, or was it November? I think I guess it was, geez, I can't remember. I guess it was had to have been November. No? This has been going on for a while. I guess it was October. It was October 7th that the Hamas folks crossed over into Israel and killed all those Israelis, and there we've had a war going on for, I, I reckon it has been too much. Man, time is flying by. Mm. But CNN has been writing about this, about Jerry Seinfeld going over there, and kudos to him. By the way, the Hostages and Missing Families Forum, an organization formed by the families of the hostages, of which I saw that there were over 200 taken, and and, and those 200 taken now about, I think I saw the number, about 20 have been confirmed killed. Many have been brought back across over to Israel, but a lot are still missing. And after those October 7th attacks, the families have just been devastated about their loved ones. And this group is a volunteer and donation-based initiative that helps the families with medical and emotional support, as well as professional assistance. And they work to advance global awareness of the crisis in an effort to free the abductees. They've been at war, Israel and Hamas, since October 7th when around 240 people, from infants to people in their 80s, were taken hostage. Now, last month, back in November, 105 Israelis were freed by Hamas during a truce that was going on. So we still have roughly 100-plus unaccounted for. And Jerry Seinfeld went over there to try to figure things out, to, to help them, those families who've been hurt, and devastated, try to make some sense of all of this. So kudos to the funny man, who really isn't that busy, in my opinion. I'm not sure if y'all are Seinfeld fans, if you keep up with his, his every move, but I'm I'm proud that he would go over there and help out. Now, back to Willie Nelson, the guy that was singing when we started our entertainment report. 
Willie has opened the doors to his personal life with a new Paramount Plus documentary series called Willie Nelson and Family. And this thing premiered at 2023 Sundance Film Festival. And it's going to be part of a four-part series that debuts today on Paramount Plus. And Willie Nelson and his family is presented by MTV Entertainment Studios. And it explores Willie's seven-decade career. It's got elements of spiritual impacts of uh, on Willie as well as the drama and the fun part of his lifestyle as he went from his hometown in Abbott, Texas to one of the most celebrated singer-songwriters, not just in country music, but in all forms of music. And now, today, you can tune in if you've got this great streaming option available to you. You can check out Willie Nelson and Friends as it arrives on Paramount Plus today, December 21st, just in time for Christmas. I remember interviewing Willie one time over the telephone, and it's the only time I've had to go in on a Sunday night to do an interview. <laughs> and I was happy to do it. But sure enough, the publicist set it up to where the only time I could do an interview with him was around 8 or 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. And he was somewhere on the West Coast performing, and I guess that was the best time for him. And I'm not going to fight Willie Nelson on his availability. Happy to do the interview, but that was for Y'all Magazine. You might be able to find that interview that I did with him there at y'all.com. But uh, when we talk about his different kind of lifestyle, then that that's a different kind of lifestyle. Of course, w- Willie's been living in Hawaii for a lot of his adult life, and maybe that explains why he's on a different time zone, if you know what I mean. Jelly Roll, the singer that's been singing with people like Laney Wilson and more, he's doing a good thing in Middle Tennessee. Jelly Roll has now donated toys for almost 8,000 Nashville area children. And so kudos to this singer who has, I believe he is from Murfreesboro, I think is his hometown. Jelly Roll starting this toy drive. And it's been the largest toy drive in Nashville's history as, okay, sorry, according to this article, Jelly Roll is not from Rutherford County. He's from Davidson County originally. (laughs) So my apologies, J.R. But sure enough, the last minute toy drive is what this toy drive was called. And it gifted toys to underprivileged Middle Tennessee families just in time for Christmas. And the last minute toy drive got about 8,000 donations. And wow, what a great job by Jelly Roll, the singer who has been a big force in music since the last couple of years. I would say since COVID on, his rise has been pretty, pretty, pretty wild. I mean, this is a guy that's got tattoos all over his body and I think on his face and not exactly the kind of guy you'd expect to be a big country music singer but indeed he's doing just that in fact jelly roll has pledged over a hundred thousand dollars of his own money to the toy drive to make it such a big deal and even had the mayor i believe of nashville come out and meet him at the parking lot of a walmart so what a great job there 
and a very angelic thing here on the eve of Christmas to have a toy drive that is the largest in Nashville's history with about 8,000 kids now benefiting from this toy drive from the Nashville native. Blake Shelton is out doing an interview as he talks about his New Year's resolutions and family traditions, and he's done this interview with CMT.com, and he also sat down with Entertainment Tonight and told them that he often pledges to slow his alcohol consumption before the start of every new year, and that's a promise he struggles to stick to. So I didn't realize Blake had alcohol problems quite so apparent, evidently, but it's uh, a New Year's resolution maybe he can fulfill in 2024. Blake Shelton, who is from Oklahoma originally, now big star with his wife, is, of course, he went over to the L.A. area and found love with Gwen Stefani. And now her children are his stepchildren. And it's one big happy family, I guess you could say, here at the holidays. This 2023 holiday season is Gwen and Blake's third as husband and wife. And they've got some family traditions, he says, starting with a unique Thanksgiving turkey recipe that they do the first year they made flaming hot Cheetos turkey according to Blake and he said that they crusted it in the flaming hot Cheetos the next year they did a Funyuns turkey and uh, he's kind of getting out there with his choice of cooking his Thanksgiving turkeys it sounds like uh, as far as Christmas Blake and Gwen choose a recipe that seems so complicated that he says people can't really make it pasta tempano is what he says is his favorite at christmas time but yes blake says i married into an italian family and food is they take that serious around here and i do too so it's a bad bad combination someone who loves food and then they marry into an italian family (laughs) I think he's going to be all right, though. I I think, Blake, that's no BS, sir. Merry Christmas to you and Gwen and the kids and to all y'all out there. Have a wonderful Christmas and maybe have some of that pasta. You know, I never thought of pasta as a great Christmas serving, but you know what? That sounds delish. I'm going to have to take Gwen Stefani's recipe somewhere and try it myself. That wraps up our Nashville Music Line report here on this Thursday. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over. We've got a political report to tell you about the latest on Trump and Colorado's Supreme Court. That and the other goings-on in the world of politics as we close out our number one. of all people both near and far Christmas everywhere 
Feel the love of the season wherever you are on the small country roads lined with green mistletoe. Big city streets where a thousand lights glow. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the year. And let it be Christmas. Christmas everywhere. In my humble opinion, that's one of the best Christmas songs that came out in the last 20 to 25 years. Alan Jackson and Let It Be Christmas. What a fantastic tune. And Alan's had some awesome Christmas songs throughout his musical journey in Nashville. He had this album here, Let It Be Christmas, that came out in the roughly 2004 or 5 time period, something like that. But back in the days that he was just getting going in country music, the early 90s, he had his own Christmas album out there that was pretty darn good. AJ out of Noonan, Georgia. We're back here on the Y'all Show wrapping things up here for hour number one, and we've got our Southern political report that we're going to tell you about and a lot of opinion here, not just about Let It Be Christmas, but but uh, about what's going on Political-wise, what's going on across the Southeast today? And on Wednesday, Joe Biden actually got stopped as he was heading off to Wisconsin. I think he might have been in Wisconsin when they finally tracked him down to get his opinion on the decision by the Colorado Supreme Court to keep Donald Trump off the 2024 primary ballot. And Joe Biden asked about that as he was heading off to this event and Biden says that Trump supported an insurrection, but that court should decide if that disqualifies him from the presidency. So he is going along with the whole insurrection part, Joe Biden is. And that, again, he says that Trump certainly supported an insurrection. Now, let me remind you that a lot of the 14th Amendment language came because of an armed conflict that had just happened of which more than 600,000 Americans lost their life in the Civil War, the war for Southern independence. And 600,000 plus Americans on both the North and the South died in the Civil War. During that January 6th event, nobody other than the D.C. cop, nobody pulled out a gun and started shooting people. It's hard to have an insurrection when the strongest thing that most people had was a flagpole. And that was the biggest weapon that most of these folks had. Now, I realize people went and and beat up people and cops were injured. And for those knucklehead that there should definitely be a penalty many of which have already been serving years in prison for that but this whole insurrection is is just complete nonsense in my opinion it was not an insurrection you better go look up insurrection 
and you will find that there's a heck of a difference between January 6th of 2021 and pick any day in the 1861 to 65 time period when there was a civil war raging and hundreds of thousands of Americans died. And you know what? I'm going to defend the South. I'm a Southern defender. The South had every right to secede in 1860 and 1861 when the states, you know, we just celebrated South Carolina. (laughs) Secession was on Wednesday, December 20th, as they seceded in 1860. Then other Southern states followed. I guess Mississippi and Texas were right there along with Alabama. Tennessee, I know you were dead last. You were the last state to join the Confederacy. But the South had every right to secede. And I think every state out there has a right to secede today. If things aren't the way you want them, whatever U.S. state, and I think they did go in and change some things up, but I think it's hogwash. If a state, you know, there's always been this talk that California is going to secede. Go for it, California. Go out on your own. That's fine with me. But this is a this is a friendship. This is a union, if you will, of states. And if someone doesn't want to be a part of it, you shouldn't have to keep them a part of it with a gun, which is exactly what Abraham Lincoln did in 1861. He wanted to preserve the union. And he sent hundreds of thousands of Yankee boys to their death to do that. And he also cost the lives of a lot of Southern boys wearing gray. And, oh, by the way, the cause of ending slavery was also part of that. That certainly was a big part of the Civil War. But originally, it was to save the Union. And those Southern states weren't forever connected to the United States when they joined up as any state wouldn't be. I'd love to see states leave this country right now. I'm looking at you, Vermont. You need to leave and start your own little (laughs) whatever. We'll trade Vermont for Canada. We'll we'll let Canada be our 50th state, and Vermont could be its own country. That's fine with me. But I just want to remind people that this January 6th thing keeps getting connected to the Civil War, and it's it's not even remotely the same. Remotely the same. I don't know why pe- these people violently, some of them violently, broke their way into the Capitol. A lot of them, if you look at video, walked right in the door, didn't have any violence whatsoever. I think a lot of them, if they could actually speak freely, would tell you, I just got caught up in the moment. I just kind of went along with the flow. And that's why I ended up in the Capitol. Did these people burn the place down? No. Did these people do a lot of looting and stealing? Some did. Some did some stupid things like go into Nancy Pelosi's office and do dumb things. But it couldn't have been that bad because Congress got back to the business at hand within hours of these people being in the building to Capitol Police's credit and to this country's credit of not being a complete banana republic. But Joe Biden is not doing anybody any favors by using the language that Trump 
was an insurrectionist. I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. Until I see a complete direct line of communication and coordination between Trump and the Proud Boys and Trump and these people who were breaking into the Capitol. And until we start seeing evidence that Trump said, y'all need to go in there and tear the place up. Y'all need to do whatever it takes to stop the, the vote count. Until I see that, then it's not an insurrection. And Trump, yes, he was on the phone with some powerful people, some senators and other folks on Capitol Hill trying to do his best to stop him. But it didn't work. You know, Trump has the right to be an idiot. And he, he doesn't need to be impeached for making some dumb decisions. He's got to pay the price for those, not by going to jail, but by being voted out of office or by being denied a chance to be reelected. And that chance is right now. There might be enough people out there that say Trump acted like a fool in that one day in his life, and that's not going to fly with me. I'm not going to have him as my president based on a single afternoon in his life. Then if you've got people like me, look, like I said, it, he didn't coordinate as far as anybody can tell coordinate this with these people that were violent he could have maybe been a little bit more vocal and say stop it and he did a couple hours later but look he's the president that doesn't mean he's the chief security officer of a a civil disturbance he didn't get out there immediately when all these black lives matter protests were burning down buildings he didn't get out there and try to stop them at the exact time they were going on he said something about it later. And here we go with more insurrection fun. But yes, 4-3 that decision Tuesday by the Colorado Supreme Court to keep Trump off the ballot. And Biden now saying whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. This decision is going to be put before the U.S. Supreme Court. And we'll see just how much of a fast track that is, as Trump's got more than enough legal issues going on right now. And here's another one. Here is another one. And a lot of pundits still believe that because of this, the the common thing that Trump has been a master at is he's the victim. He likes to be the victim. And here is a case where he really is the victim in This is something that we've not seen before. I don't want to use the same language that these typical talk show hosts and TV show hosts use. This is historic, unprecedented. I really don't want to keep using those kind of words, but it's never happened before. And Trump now has that as a reminder he can keep throwing out there that they're coming after me because they're really coming after you. That's what he likes to say. Speaking of Republicans like Trump, he may have the opportunity, if he wants, to be part of two upcoming Republican presidential primary debates. That's going to happen in both Iowa and New Hampshire, as it will be the first debate of these are going to be taking place January 10th at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. That's going to be on CNN. Then a second debate scheduled for January 21st in New Hampshire at the New England College, and that is in the state of New Hampshire. 
Jake Tapper and Dana Bash are going to be hosting and moderating the debate, at least the first one that I'm aware of. January 10th, another Republican GOP debate. And Haley has already called out Trump, saying he should be part of these things. And Trump, so far, is doing pretty well without being a part of the debate scene. But we'll find out if, indeed, he is going to be joining up and being a part of the fun in January in both Iowa and New Hampshire. The president doing all right so far, political-wise, by sitting out these, what, four debates that we've seen thus far on the GOP side, and CNN gets their turn to weigh in on all the GOP fun with these upcoming debates. That is a look at Southern politics here to wrap up our number one. We will have much more fun coming up in our number two, so stick around. We've got some great festivals going on this weekend. Yes, even though Christmas is fastly approaching, there's some scheduled events that we're going to tell you about that. Plus, I've got a look at what's going on at y'all.com right now. Some neat little stories that you might want to be surfing over to y'all.com and checking out. All that is ahead, hour two, on the show about the South. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome into the show all about the South here on a final day for us for the holiday season. It appears we will be off the air with you for a couple of days. So enjoy your time with friends and family. It's Christmas time, y'all. I need to play that song by Tracy Bird now that I think about it. Try to y'all try to remind me to play it when we come back from the next break, and that'll be a, a good Christmas gift to me from all y'all. It's it's a it's a y'all Christmas song, and I, and I love it. Good to be with you. If you want to be part of our program, you can email us anytime, even when St. Nick is out delivering his toys. Mail at yall.com. Mail at y'all.com. That's how you can get in touch with us. And I'll remind you here that you can join us on the Y'all Show on our great lineup of radio stations that carry the program, but you also can find us on the Y'all Show via podcast as we have Great podcast options that make it easy for you to keep up with what's going on across the Southeast. We're available in Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and we're at y'all.com. So easy ways, simple ways, and most all of those ways have a button you can push and you can share it. And you can share it with those that you love best. So when you're gathered around the Christmas table and you're enjoying the turkey and ham and all the fixings, do us a favor. 
bring a little y'all tide to the y'all and yule tide season, okay? And and we want you to bring up the y'all show and y'all.com. Bring it up at the table if you don't mind and tell people. If you're not on the y'all show, if you're, if you're not listening to that with that guy, John, then you're a Scrooge. That's how we... That's how we feel, at least. So do us a favor during the y'all tide season and share it with a friend. Thank you so much for all of you who make that effort to listen to us on radio stations. And, of course, those of you who go the extra mile and pull us up in podcast form each and every day. We we sure, sure thank you. Let's dive into some news headlines of the day before we move on in the next segment and tell you about some festive events going on this weekend across the entire 16 southern states. Yes, there are festivals planned, and we want to make sure that y'all go out and enjoy these things before 2023 comes to a conclusion. Back to the news headlines of the day, and the biggest story telling you about, we got a lot of people traveling. we got folks, today's going to be a real busy day. Friday's going to be perhaps even busier, and so people will be flying, expect delays, But also, what you can't expect if you're going to be hitting the highway is that Americans are seeing the lowest holiday gas prices since Trump was in office. As most Americans are going to see prices below $3, the Biden administration is trying to claim credit for this. I don't know how, but that's what they're they're claiming. As just last year, gas prices for the holidays were about a $5 a gallon purchase after the Russians invaded Ukraine in some portions of the country, $5, and now that's dropped down to about 3 Could I have a 2 How about a 1 How about everybody get free gas one of these days? But, yes, we've got holiday gas prices right now cooperating, and that should make you happy, and perhaps you can take that money that you were spending on gas and apply it to better gift purchases for 2023. Walmart is going to start offering a buy-now-pay-later loan at select self-checkouts. According to an announcement by Affirm Holdings, these, quote, loans will be offered via self-checkout at more than 4,500 stores in the country. To qualify, buyers must spend at least $144 on Walmart products. That excludes groceries. With a financing limit of $4,000, shoppers can then spread those payments out over three to 24 months through a firm holdings. But again, Walmart is going to start adding a buy now, pay later option at checkouts. That seems a little complicated. I guess it could be kind of like the old layaway that stores used to have pretty common. But now, according to Reuters, shoppers wanting to use the service at self-checkout with We'll have to log on to a firm's app or website and enter details, including the last four digits of their social security number. Approved shoppers will then receive a barcode to finalize payment. Customers can also use the payment option on Walmart.com, in the Walmart app, and at the Walmart Vision and Auto Centers. According to a firm, eligible customers will be shown the total price of their purchase without any late or hidden fees. A firm has been eligible with employee assistant at Walmart stores since 2019. So another way to get more Walmart product, it appears, with this particular new offering. 
Have you heard about the JN.1 COVID variant? That's the latest COVID thing that's making its way around the world. A highly mutated COVID variant. It's now the fastest growing strain in America, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And JN.1 accounts for some 29% of all COVID cases currently in the country. Health officials predict that the variant closely related to BA 2.86, which is also known as Parola, that this new variant has been tracked since August and will continue to grow in the coming months. And all of these different dot whatevers are strains or descendants of the Omicron, which first started circulating in 2021. So, if you're concerned about this new COVID variant, JN.1, let me tell you about some of the symptoms of JN1, according to the Centers for Disease Control. These are the most common symptoms with sore throat, often the number one symptom of it, then congestion and cough, a runny nose, fatigue, muscle aches, fever or chills, a loss of sense or taste, smell, all symptoms of this new strain of COVID, JN.1. Again, the biggest ones, the biggest signs that you have this are going to be sore throat, then congestion and a cough. Mm, not fun to have. People with COVID symptoms are advised to stay home, get tested, and then seek treatment. Will this go away ever? Do we? Are we tired of hearing about COVID and all the lives that this thing has taken and dramatically affected so many of us these last few years? I've had it, and I'm sure you have too. Here is an update to an update. So earlier in the week, a federal judge stopped the removal of the Confederate memorial inside Arlington National Cemetery. It's a memorial place back in 1914 to honor the South's fallen soldiers. And the judge halted it after supporters of the memorial said that grave sites adjacent to the memorial were being desecrated as contractors were beginning to work to remove the memorial. That was an order coming in from the Pentagon that they had to remove it. Well, the judge ended up going out to Arlington and touring the cemetery earlier this week. And after touring it, the federal judge decides, you know what? I think it's just fine. So he said he saw no desecration of any graves. That from U.S. District Judge Rossi Austin. The grass wasn't even disturbed, he said. So in an 18-page opinion that he posted here in the last 48 hours, the judge has lifted his injunction. He said the allegations that the removal efforts amounted to grave desecration were, at best, ill-informed and, at worst, inaccurate. So officials started again working on this Wednesday to remove it. And out of sight, out of mind, this 30-foot tall, 32-foot to be specific, Big-time bronze woman statue going to be moved out of Arlington, and it may get moved to the New Market Battlefield in Virginia, or it most likely will go off to a warehouse and never be seen again. Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia, who disagrees with the decision to remove the memorial, 
he has made arrangements for it to be moved to land owned by Virginia Military Institute at New Market Battlefield in the Shenandoah Valley. Rah, rah, VMI. Of course, New Market was that institute's most famous Civil War battle. VMI, the home of Stonewall Jackson prior to the American Civil War. And VMI knows a thing or two about removing memorials themselves as they forever had a Stonewall Jackson statue outside of their barracks there in Lexington, Virginia. And I believe it was just last year that the new commandant, they got kind of woke there at VMI, got them a new woke commandant or a president. I forgot what they call it there. Superintendent. They got them a new superintendent there at Virginia Military Institute. And he got that thing moved out of the front of the barracks there in Lexington, Virginia. The wonderful Stonewall Jackson Memorial, which you may not know that Stonewall Jackson is actually buried in Lexington, Virginia. He's buried just down the road from VMI, not on campus, but in a private cemetery. And there in Lexington, you'll also find the grave of Robert E. Lee. So how about that? Robert E. Lee buried on the campus of Washington and Lee in Lexington, Virginia. Washington and Lee, if you haven't been to Lexington, it actually shares a property line with VMI. A wonderful little historic town in the Shenandoah Valley. You'll find there, and it's a great time of year to go there. In fact, the last time I stopped by Lee Chapel there at Washington and Lee and, and also to go by VMI, I had gone to Virginia to interview Tim Kaine, the governor then of Virginia, who's now a U.S. senator. You know, the guy that ran as a vice presidential candidate for Hillary Clinton, Tim Kaine. I went up to Richmond to interview him, and on the way back, we stopped in Lexington, and it was a new fallen snow had just arrived. And so when I went by Robert E. Lee's grave, it was a beautiful thing to see. Snowfall right there. But I didn't get in the chapel. It was closed, so I had to go see Traveler, his horse. And uh, just a lovely thing. I guess snowfall is pretty common there in that portion of Virginia. And so maybe they got some snowfall coming for Christmas. Merry Christmas to all y'all in the Shenandoah Valley. I hate that you're getting a memorial that should have always stayed at Arlington. But I'm sure you'll make the most of it. Texas has begun flying migrants from the U.S.-Mexico border to the Windy City. They've already had one plane head up to Chicago with 120 aboard. The first flight of migrants from the Texas border arrived in Chicago on Tuesday. And voila, there you go. Here's your Christmas gift come early, Chicago. Greg Abbott, governor of the state said that Sanctuary City Chicago started obstructing and targeting our busing mission. Texas will now expand our operation to include flights to Chicago. Until Biden steps up to secure the border, we will continue to provide overwhelmed Texas border towns with much-needed relief. And one way that Texas is doing this is putting these people on a plane and getting them the heck out of Texas and in this case, heading on up to Chicago. And you know what? I think the migrants are happy to go to Chicago. They're happy to go to New York City. They don't want to be there in Brownsville, Texas, or wherever else Greg Abbott's got them. They're wanting that free ride. Free ride to Chicago, where 
Mayor Brandon Johnson is now in charge of the Windy City, and when reached out to Wednesday, he did not immediately reply to a request for comment about the flights coming into his city. But we had this flight this week actually didn't leave out of Brownsville, left out of El Paso and went to O'Hare in Chicago with 120 illegal immigrants on board. It's Chicago's problem. It's, what is that song? Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, get used to it. Here's a story out of Alabama. A judge is now weighing a request to stop the nation's first execution by nitrogen. Kenneth Eugene Smith is supposed to be executed with nitrogen gas very soon. January 25th is his scheduled execution date as he's supposed to be executed with nitrogen hypoxia. And now his attorneys are arguing that the method violates the constitutional ban on cruel and unusual punishment and said the mask, which is fitted a seal over his nose and mouth would interfere with his ability to pray with his spiritual advisor. You know what? Mr. Smith should have been thinking about things like this before he went out and killed people. Before he went out and did what he did to take innocent lives. And so do you really feel sorry for him? Do do I, I don't, I don't at all, but, um, there have been failed lethal injections and more. And so that's why people like this guy are getting a chance to now be executed in a different way. Smith is one of two men convicted in a 1988 murder-for-hire slaying of Elizabeth Sinet in northwest Alabama. The Department of Corrections of Alabama actually tried to execute him by lethal injection in 2022, but called it off when authorities could not connect the required two intravenous lines into him. So the guy already had prepared to die, and then they called it off. And Kenneth Eugene Smith is living on borrowed time, and now a judge considering whether to keep on giving him borrowed time before January 25th arrives, Alabama trying to do something different with this nitrogen option to eliminate bad guys and bad gals. Although you you really never hear about women being executed. I know it happens. I, I guess it happens. Maybe women just aren't so bad, come to think of it. Is that, is that, is that what it's all about? Chick-fil-A, they've made a living off of being closed on Sunday. It's part of their marketing campaign it's on every sign they've ever made closed on sundays well the new york state assembly has put up a new bill known as the rest stop restaurant act and it would require food and beverage companies contracted to provide services along the throughway and a port authority of new york and new jersey to to stay open seven days a week and so chick-fil-a may be forced to open up in New York and New Jersey. To date, Chick-fil-A has opened at seven throughway service areas in New York State, and it operates Chick-fil-A right at 3,000 stores across 48 states in the country. And if you're old enough to remember, you remember where they were just getting going in shopping malls around the South. But sure enough, it could be required Chick-fil-A to open up 
at least in New York. I didn't realize that Chick-fil-A has a new CEO. I believe his name is Robert Cathy. He's the grandson of founder of Truett Cathy, and he is the CEO now. Been on the job just a few months. So some leadership change. And you know, there's a lot of people, I hate to say it right here on the edge of Christmas, but there are a lot of people in the country who are agnostic. They're atheist. They have no religion. They don't care about religion. And frankly, they don't give a darn that Chick-fil-A wants to be closed on Sundays because of their religious reasons. They want their chicken sandwich. The heck with religion. And for those people, I'm sure they would welcome the fact that Chick-fil-A might start opening up on Sundays. I think Chick-fil-A is not going to change their policy, but they may be forced to now with this New York legislation being considered taylor swift's romance with mr kelsey as well as other events of 2023 are some of the highlights here as we wrap up our y'all show taylor swift the person of the year according to time but she and travis kelsey's love affair that's going on has been one of the big stories of 2023 that's among the the big stories the Eclipse is a story of the year that is going on that you might want to remember for 2023. The war in Israel, the continuing war in Ukraine is certainly a big story for 2023. But, you know, come to think of it, and this is totally me just rambling here, but I don't think 2023 has been that unbelievable. I, I mean, we didn't have anything, in my opinion, that was Oh my gosh, we'll never forget about this. We didn't have the queen die this year. I don't think it was this year. When did she she died? Yeah, she died in the fall of 2022. Yeah. So the queen didn't die. We didn't have any of our presidents die today. We thought Jimmy Carter was going to die, but it ended up being Rosalind, his wife. But that's not the world's biggest story. I mean, the, the story we've had domestically is just how bad things are financially and how bad Biden's been. But in the broad scheme of things, we've had other bad presidencies and bad years of presidencies. But all in all, I think this has been a, it's been a pretty boring year. If you stack it up with all the other years, maybe it'll change between now and the 31st, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I'm ready for 24. This this hasn't been the greatest year for me. It's been a boring year. It hasn't been the best of years. But from an eventful year, I think it's safe to say this This really kind of – this this year's kind of sucked, okay? Let's just keep it, keep it accurate here on the program All About the South. And goodbye, 23. Hello, 2024. And we've got a winner on The Voice. Singer-songwriter out of Virginia has won this. Congratulations on The Voice to fan favorite Michael Huntley from Fredericksburg. He's the new champion of The Voice. And it marked the second championship for his coach, Nairo Horan, formerly of the band One Direction. And he sang Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan to kind of capture this thing but a virginian now the new champion of the voice right as christmas arrives congratulations 
to you, Mr. Virginia. And we'll have more headlines coming up in hour number three. We got an amazing story coming out of the Plaza Theater in Atlanta. A lost wallet from 65 years ago has now been returned. What? We've got that story coming up, hour number three. All that right here on the show about the South. When we return here on Y'all, we've got a look at some festivals, most of which are Christmas-related, that are going on this weekend. If you're looking for something to do before Santa arrives, boy, do we have some great stuff to have you go out and put on your Santa hat or elf hat or whatever kind of device you want to put on your head and welcome in Christmas 2023. Festive South up next. show merry christmas from texas y'all merry christmas from all of our southern states little tracy bird music getting us in the right frame of mind for monday and any song that's got the word y'all in it now i'm I'm a big fan and you know i'm a big fan of t-bird mr mr tracy bird tracy take it away now that texas moon is bright against a silent night on earth and goodwill to all. Merry Christmas from Texas, y'all. All right, we're back here on the program all about Texas and Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia and Florida and both Carolinas and both Virginias and Oklahoma and Louisiana and Kentucky and Virginia. They already said Virginia. Maryland, we got you covered here. Missouri. And did I say Georgia? And I think I got Mississippi. Don't want to leave you out. I think that's about all. We got 16 southern states when we get ready and do our y'all show each and every day. We thank you for being a part of our program. If you're a resident of any of those 16 southern states, we think that you'll love our show. And if you're not a resident, you're just maybe a resident at heart. I do believe that you will be quite entertained and informed when you get a chance to listen to the y'all show again we're not only at y'all.com but we're also 
post it each and every day on various podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and the Y'all Show, again, is at y'all.com. Here on this portion of the show, we're moving things up. We don't have a program Friday, so we have had to shuffle a few things around this week. But right now, I want to shuffle up some great festivals that you can find across the southeast this weekend. And check out in Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the Ice and Light Festival at Veterans Plaza, and that's located at One Veterans Plaza Drive in Silver Spring, Maryland. Ice and Light Festival, a nice little event to go to right here as Christmas arrives. Taking place in Jefferson City, the state capital of the Show Me State this weekend, it's the Capital City Festival of Lights, and that's at Binder Park on Rainbow Drive in Jefferson City, right there on the banks of the Missouri River. Jefferson City's got the Capital City Festival of Lights taking place this weekend. Lights will be a big part of Lexington, Kentucky's Southern Lights Holiday Festival. That's at the Kentucky Horse Park on Ironworks Parkway in Lexington. Southern Lights and a holiday festival devoted to them this weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. In Dover, Florida, it's the Tampa Bay Festival of Lights. And this is at the Greater Hillsborough County Fair on Sydney Washer Road in Dover, Florida. Tampa Bay Festival of Lights. As I said, most all of our events this weekend somehow, someway tie into Christmas. And many of them have to do with the light displays. In Zebulon, North Carolina, it's the Chapel Creek Red Dirt Music Festival taking place Saturday from 6 until 8, and that's on Hopkins Chapel Road in Zebulon, the Christmas shindig, they call it, going on at Chapel Creek's Red Dirt Music Festival. Now, I looked up who's coming to this. Peyton Winstead, a Nashville favorite newcomer, is what it's called. And he's there's going to be live music from Peyton Winstead, as well as hot food and a good time all at this Christmas shindig, the Chapel Creek Red Dirt Music Festival in Zebulon, North Carolina, this weekend. Some good music, it looks like, on tap. I think most of your entertainers of the world are kind of off the road for the next few days, and then they are saving up a big, I think it's the biggest night of the year for musicians, is New Year's Eve. So they'll be hanging out with their family at Christmas, But look out, come next week now, they're going to be out making that big money. In Natchitoches, Louisiana this weekend, and it's the Natchitoches Christmas Festival, and that's Friday, Friday from 3 o'clock on is when you'll find this there in that section of northwest Louisiana, home of Northwestern State University is Natchitoches. And they got their Christmas festival taking place in that special little spot of louisiana christmas lights on display at the montgomery zoo in alabama it's the christmas lights festival at the montgomery zoo in montgomery al on coliseum parkway and this actually lasts until christmas day there in alabama's capital city check that out christmas lights at the zoo this weekend going on in the state of mississippi it's the greatest gift and that's going on in bahalia which is in Marshall County, just to the south of Collierville, Tennessee. Bahia's got the greatest gift, 
and that's going on at the Country Bull events in Bahalia on Chase Street. And that's Sunday, Sunday evening specifically, is when you can watch The Greatest Gift in Bahalia, right on the Tennessee line in North Mississippi is where you'll find this on Sunday evening. In Tulsa, Oklahoma this weekend, it's the Philbrook Festival. Philbrook Festival at the Philbrook Museum of Art, and this is taking place Saturday evening in Tulsa. Now, Philbrook is a museum of art, and it's been there for quite some time in Tulsa. The museum, which opened way back in 1939, it's located in the home of a former 1920s Ville Philbrook, the home of Oklahoma pioneer Waite Phillips and his wife, Genevieve. And it's got collections of art from all over the world. And it has works that span various artistic media and styles. The Cornerstone Collection focuses on American Indian artwork with basketry, pottery, paintings, and jewelry. Today, the Philbrook Art Museum in Tulsa is under the guidance of Eugene Kingman. And, okay, I'm sorry, that's the original (laughs) director of it when they opened this thing back in the 20th century. But the great museum there of art, mostly devoted to American Indian art, the Philbrook. And this weekend in Tulsa, they're at the Philbrook Museum of Art. They've got the Philbrook Festival Saturday evening. Art and Christmas. Seems like a pretty great combination, don't you think? This weekend in Lufkin, Texas, it's the Museum of East Texas Festival of Trees at the Museum of East Texas on 2nd Street in downtown Lufkin there in that little East Texas portion of the Lone Star State. This weekend, going on in Bluefield, West Virginia, it's the Hometown Christmas Festival at Lotto City Park. So that's a neat little Norman Rockwell scene you can find there in the Mountain State this weekend. In Charleston, South Carolina, it's the Charleston Christmas Special going on at Charleston Music Hall on John Street in downtown Charleston, SC. I guess that would be South Abroad, so you can be hanging out SOB on Christmas weekend with the Charleston Christmas Special. Going on this weekend in Centerville, Virginia, it's the Bull Run Festival of Lights at Bull Run Regional Park on Bull Run Drive. That ain't no bull. (laughs) Saturday evening, it's the Bull Run Festival of Lights in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Going on this weekend, elsewhere as we move across the southeast with our events, let's go to Georgia, where in Hiawassee, Georgia, it's the Mountain Country Christmas and Lights at the Georgia Mountain Fair park there on music hall road in hiawassee right on the north carolina line is where you'll find this in north georgia the mountain country christmas and lights going on in bentonville arkansas in northwest arkansas this weekend it's the paul's and pictures holiday movie series at the best francis pet resource center in northwest arkansas that's the name of it there on melissa drive in bentonville paul's and pictures holiday movie series a movie that stars a dog or a cat. That will put you in the Christmas spirit mood, I'm sure. Better maybe than even watching the old Rudolph Christmas movie that comes on this time of year. I love that movie. In Nashville this weekend, speaking of great music and fun and more, how about husband-wife duo Amy Grant and Vitz Gill 
at the Ryman. They've got Amy Grant and Vince Gill Christmas at the Ryman. I don't know if they got tickets. I bet you they're probably sold out. But just maybe you'll get lucky and see Amy and Vince sing their heavenly music and their great sounds combining. Amy's had a tough time with her health here recently, so hopefully she's gotten better and she's going to be fine. And good old Vinny is going to get off the golf course and come help her sing, and they're just going to have those angelic voices going at the Ryman on Saturday afternoon there in downtown Nashville at the historic Ryman Auditorium, and the Confederate Gallery will be cheering them on for this Christmas event there and Nashville Music City, USA. And that is a look at festivals all over the South, most of which are Christmas-related. We hope you might can make it out to some of them and have a great, great, and wonderful time during this Yuletide, or as we like to call it here on this show, during this Yuletide season. We're going to wrap up. Speaking of y'all, we're going to wrap up the hour when we come back with what's going on on y'all.com for Christmas. We've got some neat informative stories that you might want to go check out it's the perfect stocking stuffer y'all.com and we'll tell you all about it when we come back and close out hour two don't forget Kiefer Ingalls dropping by hour number three with his talk about college football Gill, one good little tune from him from the Let There Be Peace on Earth CD that MCA put out, Till the Season Comes Around Again, a, a sweet song from Vince, and a sweet fella, good old Vinnie Gill out of Norman, Oklahoma. We're back here closing out hour number two on the program about the Southeast. Merry Christmas to all y'all. In fact, before we get out of here today in hour three, this is our final show before Christmas. I'm going to squeeze in my favorite holiday Christmas song. So that ought to be fun for you to hear my favorite Christmas. It's a country Christmas song. And no, it's not Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. But we'll we'll play that here in hour three today. Let's wrap up this hour with a little Christmas gift to all y'all. It's a gift called y'all.com, the South's homepage. And if you go there right now to y'all, you'll find out how you can have natural ways to tame stress. As Marshall Bone has penned this article, it's up at y'all.com. Also, we've got right there on the homepage, seven thoughtful thank you gifts to show your appreciation. I know Christmas is here, but you know, it's never a bad idea to thank someone. And 
How about a good thank you gift for someone here in 2023? We also have the best fishing destinations in the South and different areas, what they're known for across the South. If you want to go wet your hook over these next couple of weeks before you have to go back to work in January, the best fishing destinations in the South. Also, the latest article that we've put up there at y'all.com, seven loose and flowy fashion favorites. Marshall Bone also wrote that one. He's been a busy fella here in 2023. All that at the South's homepage, y'all.com. Take a look, learn, and tell them that the Y'all Show sent you, which we have a whole section of y'all.com devoted to this program right here, the Y'all Show. More of the Y'all Show coming up in hour number three. Kiefer Ingles dropping by to talk about Wednesday's National Signing Day in college football and all the big bowl games. All that is right ahead on Y'all. Wrapping up the Y'all Show for today, wrapping up the Y'all Show for this week, and I'm pretty sure we're wrapping up for all of 2023 here in this segment, as this is our final hour on this 21st day of December, just a few days before Christmas. I know for a fact we will not be here on Friday, we will not be here on Christmas Day, and I'm pretty dang sure we're going to be off most, if not all, of next week. I still have some planning i gotta figure out but you know i've been so busy planning this show out i haven't really turned over to next week yet but if you don't hear me until 2024 you'll know that old john decided to take it easy just like the eagles (laughs) merry christmas let me make sure i tell you that and happy new year from all of us to all of y'all we've got a great final hour here if it is our last hour together before 2023 comes to an end We've got headlines across the southeast today. We've got stories about airports being the worst for their on-time arrival that we'll be sharing with you, plus an unbelievable story coming out of Atlanta, the return of a lost wallet 65 years after it was first lost. we got that story coming up in our news headlines of Dixie. Then Kiefer Ingalls will be coming by in just a few minutes to give us all the scoop on college football. We had National Signing Day on Wednesday, and I'm going to hit get his take about that. Supposedly, those folks in Athens had a pretty good day when it comes to National Signing Day. Surprise, surprise. That's coming up. And before we get out of here today, we got some social media fun. It's called Hashtag Hullabaloo. And among the fun things we'll be discussing, biscuits and sausage gravy. Yummy, yummy. All that is ahead this final hour of the Y'all Show. You can join us here on Y'all by emailing us, mail at y'all.com. Also, you're welcome to text us as we have our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week text line open at 615-208-4184. And don't forget, you can catch the Y'all Show podcast as we're on Apple Spotify, or rather we're on Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast, and we're posted at y'all.com. All right. As people travel today, gas prices are lower than they have been in a couple of years. Story comes out about the 10 airports in the country with the worst on-time arrival. And the worst airports include Newark. They are in New Jersey. Don't go fly to New York. Fort Lauderdale, for some reason, is among the worst airports in the country for arriving on time. And then you also have Chicago's Midway Airport is among the three worst for on-time arrivals. LaGuardia is pretty high up there, too. I didn't see Atlanta on the list. Orlando's on here. But Atlanta did not make the list. And that's impressive. DFW did make it, too, as one of the worst airports in the country. This is the source coming from the Bureau of Transportation Statistics that's just been published. But be careful if you're traveling here the next couple of days. If you're traveling and you're absolutely certain that you're going to make it somewhere on time, you might want to reconsider that thought process because, according to this article, lots of delays, and these delays often are because the air carrier is making its own delay. That happens, according to this graphic I'm looking at in this article, 76% of planes arrive on time. That means 24% don't. So what happens, the most common reason why they don't arrive is the aircraft just was playing late. The other is the air carrier was delayed. Weather causes delays. The National Aviation System also causes about 5% of planes to show up late. And then about a 1% of, air, of flights in the air are just flat out canceled. And that causes delays. So keep that in mind as you're traveling today. We want you to get to your destination at the appropriate time, if at all possible. The latest strain of COVID is making its rounds. And we wanted to let you know on the Y'all Show today that if you are seeing some of these symptoms, then perhaps you might have this new variant called the JN.1 or JN.1 COVID variant. The first symptoms you're going to start seeing with it are sore throat followed by congestion and cough, but you'll also have a runny nose, fatigue, headache, muscle aches, fever or chills, and a loss of sense or taste or smell. Not every single one of these possibly will happen to you, but again, according to research, the most common symptom is going to be that sore throat, then congestion and cough and more. (laughs) I don't have that. I've actually had a little bit of a slight runny nose, but I don't blame it on COVID. I blame it on this cold weather that we're seeing and also the fact that I've got a studio here that the heat seems to be well above 80 degrees at times when I'm sitting here talking. So, uh, And I got a nice steady stream of 80-degree temperatures blowing in on me. And that makes for a tough little setup here for my nose, at least. (laughs) But be careful on this new COVID variant, JN1, which is a byproduct of the Omicron COVID from several years back. Elsewhere in news headlines across the southeast today, a judge is now considering in Alabama a request to stop the nation's first execution by nitrogen as a attorney for Kenneth Eugene Smith is bringing us up to speed on how Alabama is planning on using this 
type of nitrogen gas, and it would be the nation's first use of nitrogen for an execution. This man is accused of killing someone back in the 1980s in northwest Alabama. And will he finally be put to death? They tried to execute him last year, and the lines for the intravenous weren't working properly or something, and he got a last-minute reprieve. But he's going to be murdered ultimately, or or executed would be the better term, executed for his 1988 murder-for-hire slaying of Elizabeth Sinet in North Alabama. So that's the story there. The judge looking into this use of nitrogen gas and his execution could, could end up being pushed back again. Story to tell you about today from the 20, let's see, this didn't happen in the 20-somethings. This happened back in the 1900s. Get ready for this wild story coming to you out of Atlanta. The Plaza Theater is now returning a lost wallet that's been somewhere in their theater for 65 years. That's quite a long time to discover a lost wallet. But sure enough, they found this wallet with credit cards for, I guess it was lost in 1958 was the year, okay? So a lost wallet from 1958 that had credit cards in it from stores like Davison's and Rich's department stores. It had a gas receipt for $10. They bought $10 of gas for $3.26, so $0.32 a gallon back in 1958. And this wallet actually had the name of the owner, Floyd Colbreth, from 1958, found at this movie theater in Atlanta. And the movie theater, which found the wallet, got on it and started working to try to find Floyd Colbreth. And it turns out that they found the daughter. And they were able to get this wallet to the Colbreth daughter. She lives about 20 minutes from the theater, so there's still a connection. That the story was the mother, her mother, lost that wallet in 1958. And the daughter says, to be honest, mother losing stuff would not have been a surprise. (laughs) Floyd died a decade ago. And so they're giving the wallet back to the family, but uh, pretty wild story that all these years later, a wallet there lost at a theater in Atlanta, finally getting returned to the family at least. And how about that price of gas back in 1958? The Plaza Theater, which is 80 years old in Atlanta, Georgia. Good job there of keeping that thing going and finding lost wallets. Merry Christmas. That's a good Christmas story and a nice gift for that family to receive right here at the holiday season. When we come back, Kiefer is going to be dropping by. He's going to talk about National Signing Day, which was on Wednesday. Who all made out like bandits on that? Also, we're going to talk about college football's bowl season and the big games coming up this weekend. And frankly, we're not going to talk to Kiefer until we've got the final two teams left so we'll get his thoughts on the college football playoff teams and the really big bowl games and more it's gonna be fun 
We're going to kick it off with Kiefer right after this. I don't know how the heck they did it, but Alabama, after winning the SEC championship, finds themselves in the college football playoff. We're back here on the Y'all Show with Kiefer Ingles. Roll, Tide, roll. Yeah. What do you think? Did I do I, a good job? I, I mean, you did a great job. I think they're the uh, they're my favorite to win the, you think they're to win win. the championship. Yeah. Right. Bring that microphone back to you. Get it up close. Step a little, up to the mic. A little ASMR action there. Yeah, you're standing like Nick Saban there. All so, right. So, Bama – gets a chance we're going to talk about bama we're going to talk about texas our other southern team in the college football playoff then you got the yankees in michigan and washington in there the too. cheaters in michigan yeah i mean is, is jim harbaugh gonna stick around i doubt it i think there's too much smoke there's too much smoke they got served yesterday with a notice uh i don't remember exactly what the wording is but it's whatever they the ncaa does when they tell a school that they're under investigation a notice of something mm-hmm. that michigan got that yesterday so I mean, I think he. I think he bounces. L.A. NFL. L.A. The Chargers. Okay, so an NFL job for him. Yeah, I, I think that's on the on the horizon. I think there's too much. There's too much looming for Michigan. You know, punishments and whatnot. I think it's best for him, best for the program if he bounces. However, you know, it'd be pretty cool for them to go out as national champions. So who knows? And he was a successful NFL coach. Indeed, the famous lights out Super Bowl between yeah. two brothers. I know. That was what are the? Let's talk about that for a second, man. What are the odds of that? Two brothers coaching one of thirty. What is it? Thirty-two NFL teams. Yeah, and they're playing each other in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's about as odd as uh, two two brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's. But I would argue it's. We had that happen last year. But I would argue it's more. I know. I know. <laughs> there's only one coach. There's fifty. I, I, I got you there. I got you there. Kiefer is here to talk college football and more. It is the Y'all Show, and let's first off the big story from Wednesday was things happening off the field. We had National Signing Day, yep. and I'm hearing good things about the Georgia Bulldogs. Man, unbelievable class, per usual. So they had the number one ranked class this year. Um, National Signing Day in the past has been, you know, Christmas Day pretty much for college football fans, or Christmas Eve, whatever. Um, this year kind of took a backseat, and last year as well, it took a backseat to the transfer portal. But, you know, the, the programs that are in the – Consistently in, consistently in the playoff and consistently playing good, those recruiting classes are looking mighty fine. So I talked oh, – I didn't talk. I didn't talk to Dion. Everybody else is talking to Dion these days, but I haven't. I watched Dion do an interview earlier this week, Coach Sanders of Colorado, and he did a good job. You know, this guy knows college football having been a star in the 80s and then now coaching Colorado, and he he kind of summed it up best that – National Signing Day, which we just had Wednesday, we've got another one in February, it's kind of like NFL's draft. It's sort of like the comparison to the NFL draft, where the transfer portal is like free agency. 
Is that a good job by Dion to it's tell? A, it's an excellent description. Okay, I think it's exactly right. And sadly, you know, college football does have a free agency period now. It is the transfer portal, and it's you know, it's the wild, wild west. Well off media, his son went in and started filming the Colorado staff at Colorado time four in the morning on Wednesday because that's when they had to wake up right. and get in there for the for the, for the East Coast kids getting their seven a.m. letters sent in. Yeah. And uh, Dion was there, to his credit. This whole staff was there. But this it, was, is the, it was rather boring. I mean, you kind of know who all right. stuff's coming in these days. It's not quite the surprise that it used to be. Yeah, there's no, there wasn't really many flips this year. Um, you know, keep keeping up with all this stuff. There wasn't – the majority of the flips, sadly, for Florida Gator fans came at the expense of them. You know, it was a bunch of guys flipping from Florida to other programs. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of got the short end of the stick on the National Signing Day. Um, for Dion though, and out in Colorado, you know this is this is arguably the most important year work wise of his life. Um, this is Shador's last year um, as a college quarterback, and you know this is make or break it. You put the guys around him and make him look elite, get him drafted in the first round. It's a life changer. But if you don't, I mean, I doubt he's going to get drafted very high. I think it was you that told me this. There's been a competition, an arms race on the transfer portal between Coach Sanders and Coach Kiffin down in Oxford. Yes, yeah, a neck and neck race. Those two guys are sort of like the the famous folks out there with the transfer portal. And Kiffin has done well. He's got a team that's going to a New Year's Six Bowl. They were just one game short of playing for an SEC title there in Atlanta. Dion didn't have the best of years, but remember, this was a one-loss team. I mean, a one-win team prior to him arriving in Boulder. Correct. So he he's done all right. He has done all right, and I mean, the utilization of the transfer portal. I mean, the the rankings are are there. I mean, they've they've got all kinds of commits, multiple four stars, couple five stars flipping over to him, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely interesting to see how they put it all together out there on the field next year. All right, so any other thoughts on teams for National Signing Day? Any any highlights that you saw? I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, you know, pretty elite classes, as you would expect. Um, other than that, though, I mean, kind of mediocre around the SEC. Tennessee had a decent class. Um, Ole Miss was 21st, I believe. Mississippi State, 30th. I mean, they're, it's not, not as insane of levels of recruiting from the SEC like you've seen in years past. Well, my YouTube feed gets all kind of random stuff, as anybody's would. And I noticed that a few coaches kind of took it casual when they had their big press conference to talk over talk about all the signees. And I just can't get past Dabo Sweeney having that orange blazer on. What did he say in his press conference? I didn't, I, wa- I didn't, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I just saw he had the orange coat on, and I yeah, just couldn't well, watch an, it. Oh, man, don't get me started on that guy, man. I, I, hey, I got two words for you for Clemson. What's that? Gator Bowl. Gator Bowl? Yeah. I thought one word for you. Irrelevancy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this year. But this year, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, you know, they've been a powerhouse program for the past couple years. But, you know, you've got the this powerhouse program. You've got this game-changing, you know, addition to the game of the transfer portal. And you've got, a, you know, every other team that's good has some transfers on their team. And you've got Dabo Sweeney. Doesn't use the transfer portal at all. He's taken one turtle transfer in the last three years. Speaking of transfer portal, now that the National Signing Day Part 1 is in the books, what's up with the transfer portal? Don't, don't they have some kind of calendar for that? Yeah, so there is a – there is a, I believe it's closed right now until January 3rd, and then you can enter the portal again. Um, so there's like an early entry, and then there's the 
I don't really know all the specifics of it, but I know it's until January third, um, and I know you'll we'll probably see a lot more entries then post bowl games. Okay, and players. And if you're not if you're not in the portal before it closed, um, you can't talk to coaches until you're in the portal. So okay. like it, it's more beneficial for you to join it. So for example, these coaches on Wednesday when they had these high school kids sign the dotted line to come to their school, did they also comment on transfer portal people? Um, or is that no. a different so, press conference? So JUCO transfers are counted as recruits. Uh, so they would talk about those guys in the press conferences yesterday, but um, regular trans like transfers from another um, Division One school, no. You're so smart. What do you mean? I mean, how do you keep up with this stuff? I'm an addict. <laughs> addict? An addict to college football. I didn't hear the C in there. Yeah, you're at it, too. Kiefer Ingles with us here on the program All About the South. This is our little special time each week where we talk college sports and the National Signing Day now in the past. But we've got bowl games. I did notice on Wednesday there were no college bowl games. I actually was willing to cut on one and check it out for yeah, a moment. It's, it's criminal. you know. They gave us bowl games four or five days in a row from the 16th on, and then they're just going to randomly decide that there are no bowl games on the 21st, on the, uh, what, what was 20th. yesterday? The 20th, yeah. No bowl games on the 20th of December for whatever reason. Um, so we were forced to watch, you know, unwatchable college basketball last night. Unwatchable college basketball. But I think the bowl season resumes today. It does. Who we got? Um, I believe today is South Florida, the Bulls versus Syracuse, the Orange. Oh, wow. You, the Orange <laughs> men, in my opinion. All right, so that game going on, and tell me about some of the big bowls you're going to be watching this coming weekend. I mean, Saturday should be a big day. Yeah, Saturdays you got a you got a pretty decent amount of good bowls going on. I mean, James Madison they went bowling, so they're eleven and one. They take on Air Force. You remember we talked about Air Force a lot of weeks this season. They had a a little bit of a falling off. I think they were eight and zero, and then they lost their last four, <laughs> but they still made a bowl. So they got James Madison, Troy and Duke. Um, Troy the Trojans they're eleven and two, so they're taking on a Duke team that's. Had a lackluster season, even after starting it off pretty great. Um, other than that, though, I mean, Friday, tomorrow, Georgia Tech and UCF, um, that should be a pretty high-scoring game, in my opinion. That is the Gasparillo Bowl. It is. The and, Union Home Mortgage Gasparillo Bowl. Oh, sorry about that. And Brent uh, Keyes, who is in his first full season coaching the Ramblin' Rec, had a really good, positive kind of ending to his season with big wins. Didn't, lo- didn't win the Georgia game, but that's okay, but – Excited. Georgia Tech hadn't been bowling in, in a number of years. And that's a, that's a program going back to Chan Gailey and then Paul Johnson was a perennial bowl team. So I got the, the privilege of watching Georgia Tech perform in person this year. And uh, they look good. So their, their quarterback uh, transfer from Texas A&M, Haynes King. He's got the ugliest throwing motion in all of Division One football. I don't know if you've seen his throwing motion. Nope. It's worth a watch, though. If you want Sort of to- like the Charles Barkley golf swing? Yes. Okay. Yeah, his arms are just so long, dude. It looks like, like his when he stands up straight, his arms go down. You just way call past me his dude. Knee. Well, I mean, you're a dude. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you never know nowadays. 2023. Come check. Crack, check in gone. with me in 2024. You know, I'm not going to be here for several days, so I might have quite a surprise <laughs> there, Kiefer. You never know what can happen in a couple of days, man. Yeah. So yeah, the Jackets and the Bulls. Gus Malzahn. And John Rice Plumley. Now, yeah. I, I heard a rumor that he was entering the transfer portal, but I don't believe that's true. Nah, he's old now. He's getting on up there. But I heard he's got another year left. He may. He may have a COVID year of eligibility. I, I don't know. I don't know where he'll, he would go. I mean, he 
does pretty dang good down there at UCF, but I, he, it's probably a grad transfer year, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll probably go somewhere. He doesn't seem like the type to really. Do you know if he's still playing baseball? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right. Yeah, still he... playing the piano in the dorm room, still looking like a mm, – don't like that guy. You don't like JRP? <laughs> no, no, dude. <laughs> Man, tough, tough guys. Oh, dude, you know. It's From just, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, John Rice He's Plum. just one of those guys that, you know, when he's at the football program, it's all the – it's all – he is all that the middle-aged white women talk about. They love JRP, man. Oh, okay. I thought you just kind of had an axe to grind with him, sort of like you do with Shea Patterson. He likes denim. I don't know if you knew that or not. Who? Shea Patterson. What do you mean by So it? the one time I saw Shea Patterson out in the wild down in Oxford, Mississippi – He's wearing an all-denim outfit, bro. He's got denim pants, jeans, denim jean jacket, and like a denim shirt. All denim. Hmm. Not a good look. Might have been his NIL. It's probably why he went up there to Michigan. Yeah. They probably wear stuff like that up there. All right. We got uh, maybe not the world's greatest lineup of bowls this weekend. We're not going to probably talk to you next week, so let's go ahead and set the stage for the big bowl games, the New Year's Six, etc. for next weekend. So, we got Georgia and we got a team that should have been in the playoff, the Florida State Seminoles going off in the Orange Bowl. Which when are you gonna name the team that's supposed to be in the playoff? Huh? When are you gonna say which team is supposed it's to be in the FSU. playoff? FSU. Oh, I don't think so. Well, I think so. Let's go ahead and fight <laughs> it out right now. No, we'll see how good they are. They've got the Georgia Bulldogs. Anything to say about this one? It's a lackluster game just because we have no idea what version of these teams are going to show up. We, I mean, even if Florida State's best possible version shows up, that still is not even going to be a hold a candle to Georgia. So, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm not really excited about it just because I don't know really how it's going to transpire, I guess. Georgia's got a lot of guys under the transfer portal. Their quarterback is coming back, though. Um, so, we'll see. The South Georgia Bowl, I call it, although this was taking place in South Florida. The but Orange uh, Bowl. If you go down to Valdosta, there's a lot of Seminole fans. And then, of course, Georgia's right there, too. So, ought to be a fun time there in South Georgia when these two get together. Rarely do they get together, but right. we'll check that out. Let's go to Atlanta, Penn State, and the University of Mississippi hey, at Oxford. I'll be going to Atlanta. UMO. UMO? University of Mississippi at Oxford. <laughs> Not University to be confused of Miami with, of Ohio. <laughs> not to be confused with UMT, University of Mississippi Tupelo. Yeah, right. So tell me, there is one. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I even considered going there one time. So tell me about that matchup with the Nittany Lions. Yeah, the Nittany Lions, they're three-and-a-half, four-point favorites um, in this game. And um, don't really know why Ole Miss doesn't have any producers on offense or defense opting out or entering the transfer portal. Penn State does. They've got their two NFL caliber and – High draft graded guys, Chop Robinson, and an edge Chop Chop Robinson, baby. I like uh, that. It's he's a linebacker. His... He's pretty good. And then uh, an edge rusher um, that are opting out or believed to be opting out. They haven't done it officially yet, but they've also got a decent amount of guys in in the transfer portal. I believe it's six guys that played over seventy five snaps this season. So some decent playing time guys that are opting out. And uh, I mean, yeah, I don't really see how Penn State's the four point favorite there. And Patrick Henry would be proud because give me liberty. I believe Patrick Henry's the one that said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or give me death. Yeah. Uh, liberty is going to the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. And they've got. Undefeated Flames. Uh, a date set up there with what, Oregon? Yeah, they're going to get absolutely smoked. Okay. That's what you say. <laughs> 
Never, never sleep on Jamie Chadwell. I'm going to be sleeping. I'm going to be hibernating on Jamie Chadwell, man. There yeah. is no chance they beat Oregon. All Absolutely right. zero. That's one of the <laughs> big bowls. Then you got the Missouri Tigers. Way to go there to the Mizzou Tigers. And way to go. Coach Drinkwitz. Coach Drinkwitz, man. Yesterday, incredible signing day performance. They got a lot of good guys. Bunch of them. I think they got three, four, five stars. Um, also, transfer portal, they're doing insane. They got a great offensive tackle from Oklahoma coming over. A bunch of, I mean, a bunch of guys. They're going to be they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with next year. M-I-Z? Yeah, Z-O-U. I can't believe it. All right, so Missouri is in the matchup with Ohio State there yep. in, the, in the Cotton Bowl. Yep, a quarterbackless Ohio State. So I, I see, I mean, Missouri's a heavy favorite in that game, close to 10 points. So I see Missouri getting the job done. All right. Then we also have another New Year's Six. Is, is that all the teams that aren't playing for the national championship? Have we covered all the NY6 uh, bowls? I believe so, yeah. All right, so let's oh, talk no, about no, no, no. Tennessee. Sugar Bowl. Tennessee and Iowa. They're not in a, that's not a New Year's Six. Well, it's on January 1st. Yeah, but it's not a, considered a New Year's Six. No, that doesn't make any sense. All right, skip it. All right, so let's talk about the Final Four. Well, okay. Why are they called New Year's Six? Because they, they're, the they're in the... Because they are in the rotation to host the playoff. The playoff. Okay. okay. There and that go. might get changed after this year when they have the 12 teamer. 12 teams, yeah. So it'll probably be all six. Uh, I think the layout's supposed to be all six of the New Year's Six Bowls will have a playoff game. Um, but the first round, there's going to be the, the, home, the on campus games. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty freaking awesome. You think? Okay. I don't think. I know. Let's talk about Michigan and Alabama. Yes. 13-0, Michigan Wolverines, 12-1. Rose Bowl. Yep. Rose Bowl. So you're predicting an, an Alabama win? I am. For sure. Okay. So Yeah, Michigan, I mean, they're favored um, two points. So they're expected. It's, a little, I guess, a, a little bit of a coin flip game. But, I mean... Michigan does not have the juice to beat Alabama. All right. That's what Kiefer Engel says here, our, our college football go-to guy. Kicking it with Kiefer is what we're calling this now. <laughs> um, so you got that game. Then the other semifinal features Washington and the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, Texas Longhorns no longer with their backup quarterback. Um, Malik Murphy won four games for him this season. Um, Arch Manning's now the backup. So Malik Murphy's in the transfer portal. Um, no rumors about where he's going, but interesting timing for him. Right before playing for the – you're in the playoff and you're in the portal. I don't understand it. I mean, Quinn Ewers, he's already missed four games this season. He could easily go down again. So you could we could see Arch Manning playing for a national championship this year. I really believe that. You think he's going to stick around Austin? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. But he made $3.4 million at NIL this year. I think he's all right. Man, the Manning family's really hurting for money these days. Yeah, I saw them down at the uh, the Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans two years ago, walking out of uh, one of the nicer restaurants down there on on Bourbon, Bourbon Street, and they looked like they were hurting for money. <laughs> you know, this is crazy, but I actually had a dream that Eli Manning was in my dream last night, and it wasn't anything, you know, like x-rated it was i don't know what we were doing he, you had an, you, okay so good thing we cleared that up john Hall did not have an x-rated dream about eli manning last night <laughs> well what happened did it uh i think he came up and started talking to me actually he and i used to share the same church oh yeah and his young kid and my young kid were the only kids in the nursery so the last time i saw him he actually held the door open for me to come walking in so maybe that's what i had a dream about Dude, maybe he had the same dream about you. He's like, man, but, remember that guy but, from the church? Yeah, but but I he and I no longer are members of that church because I think he permanently lives in New York now. I, I believe 
I mean, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. He, I think he sold his house. He lives up in New York now, and I don't live where I'm living. But uh, I was hoping my son at age three and four would fall in love with his daughter. That's a good thing to hope. Yeah. I mean, and, that would have been awesome. And, but it didn't happen at the time, but maybe one of these days. You know, there's always a chance to reconnect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli Manning. And, and do you watch the Manning cast on Monday Night Football? I dabble. I'm one of the. I'm the type of guy to not really like the commentary at all when I'm watching football. <laughs> so I mean, I, I watch it a lot of times with the volume off. Um, but yeah, I, I watched the Manny cast a little bit last week. I, I flipped over there and, and Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, was on there and uh, he was playing a little guitar for him and uh, busted out "Sweet Home Alabama" on the guitar. So Did he? Pretty cool. Yeah, th- those guys do you know i guess a fine job with what they're doing there but i love the guests that they bring on to that yep. manning cast that that's why it's that's worth where it. the real value comes in for yeah me. yeah yeah Kiefer, have a great merry christmas always wonderful to see you and work with you and you and your family have a a great one and we'll catch you in 2024 big guy right back at you my man really enjoyed coming on here every thursday to... oh we haven't talked about the national champion oh yeah alabama Alabama. Alabama versus Texas. Alabama coming out on top in the rematch. Uh, all right. How unusual for you to say that. Roll Tide. Like we said, Roll Tide Roll. All right. We will be right back to close out the Y'all Show. When we return, we've got a little hashtag blue, y'all. And we're going to tell you about something quite yummy to wrap this year up. Biscuits and sausage gravy. Mm-hmm. That's right ahead on Y'all. At an antique desk, an old man sits alone. It's Christmas Eve and almost time to go. He signs his name to a letter he just wrote. Then he reads it back With a voice as soft as snow I want peace on earth for Christmas In a world where there's not one All right, I warned y'all earlier in the show that I was going to play my favorite Christmas song. And there are a lot of great country Christmas songs for me to choose from. But that one right there has a special meaning. It's by the late Keith Whitley. And it's the B-side to his There's a New Kid in Town, which was a little bit more famous Keith Whitley Christmas song on RCA Records. But, man, what a what a just a beautiful song and a beautiful story by... The Kentucky native there, Keith Whitley, and a Christmas letter.
wishes his own dreams could come true this year I want peace on earth for Christmas in a world where there's not one Oh, man. All right. Let's continue on here as we wrap up y'all for this year and more. Let's go to Jan Evelyn. She's on X with at JPM underscore books. She's got something out that says, "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, we were sticky and sweaty because this is the South." (laughs) That is from Kelly Kazik's A Southern Night Before Christmas. I don't think I've seen that. And Jan also writes, what do Southern Patriots do at Christmas that may be different from the rest of the country? Question mark. And she writes, Coloradans want to know. Oh, this ties in to what happened this week with the Colorado Supreme Court getting all political here with Christmas. What do Southern Patriots do at Christmas that may be different from the rest of the country? Coloradans want to know. Oh, yeah. Jan, thank you for that. And again, I love that quote from the Southern Night Before Christmas. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, we were sticky and sweaty, cause this is the South." (laughs) All right. Merry Christmas there, Jan. Thank you for that uh, social media fun that we call this right here, hashtag hullabaloo. Moving on here in our hashtag hullabaloo, want to bring you up to Retro Highway, Retro Highway on X at Retro Highway. Something good is cooking. If you like my tweets, please follow. Okay, we'll keep that in mind, Retro Highway. Retro Highway has an X that says, Biscuits and sausage gravy is a southern treat. Are you a fan? Well, yes, Retro Highway, I am a fan. You know, here in the South, we love our biscuits. We love our sausage. But when we have sausage gravy and biscuits, and I go to a place regularly that has one heck of a sausage biscuit. But their sausage gravy is to die for, too. And I'm always confused. Do I want to get it that particular day with the sausage gravy poured on top of the biscuit? Or am I going to go naked and just do a, a boring sausage biscuit? You know, you you just can't go wrong any way you, you slice it up. But, uh, yeah, Retro Highway, you're absolutely right. We have a love affair here in the South with biscuits gravy and boy do we also love our sausage gravy let's talk a little football here for if you don't mind luigi is on x at luigi has facts <laughs> all right we'll see how big of a fact you got here luigi luigi writes here that uh this is directed to the philadelphia eagles hard to win when everyone knows your plays call frank reich okay well frank reich was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And then he got hired at Indianapolis, did a so-so job before the wheels came off, and he got fired in 2022. This year he goes to Charlotte and is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers for about nine games. Then David Tepper fires Frank Reich after he goes about one and nine on the season. 
And so Frank Reich is unemployed. And Eagles fans, after seeing their team lose earlier in the week, are desperate to try to do something about it. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night football, and the offense was atrocious. So Eagles fans are not flying high right now, and so they're wanting to bring back Frank Reich, it appears. And Crossing Broad is one of the X accounts at Crossing Broad that says, how predictable is this Eagles offense? Christian McCaffrey knows what the Eagles are running from his couch. And sure enough, I went and found a clip of Monday Night Football, the Manning cast, of which Kiefer Ingalls and I were just talking about on Monday Night Football. And they had Christian McCaffrey on this past Monday. And he predicted what the play would be before the Eagles ran it. So I think there's something to that there with the Manning cast and and with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not flying very high, at least this week. Jalen Hurts going to get the ship righted. I I do believe you'll see the Eagles off into the – maybe at least the NFC Championship if they don't make it back to the Super Bowl. Evelyn is on X. At Evelyn, my turn for us. At Evelyn, my turn, the number four, us. I'm Evelyn. Please join us while we're tastefully having simple recipes and creative do-it-yourself projects all from the great state of Texas is where Evelyn is located. Evelyn has put out on social media a Southern Eggs Benedict recipe as she writes that Southern Eggs Benedict is a down-home version of Eggs Benedict. This is a country-style Eggs Benedict, and it's made with sausage and country biscuits. Southern Eggs Benedict. And here's the recipe. It includes six home-style biscuits. So you got the big biscuits, the six of them, a pound of ground-fresh breakfast sausage, eggs, egg yolks, hot-melted butter, lemon juice, and paprika. Go to her ex account, and she's got it linked there. It actually goes to the website, myturnforus.com, it looks like. Myturnforus.com has this Southern Eggs Benedict recipe. And Evelyn, you get the credit for a delicious option for us for breakfast time here at Christmas. Well, y'all, that wraps up the y'all show for this holiday season and it's been a pleasure to be on as we get ready for christmas here in just a handful of days we love bringing you all the goings-on of the south and we have done been doing this show now for over five years we celebrated our 700th episode about a month ago and we're going to keep cranking them out in 2024 so if we don't hear if you don't hear from us if you don't see us back here At one point next week, we'll be back with you early January with more of the show that's all about the southeast of the United States. For our regular guests that come on here, Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller for Kiefer Ingalls. And then we also have others that pop by occasionally. Thank you on behalf of all of us to all of y'all for listening to us on great radio stations, as well as those of you who catch us in podcast form on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and more. Thank you to all of our listeners, our sponsors, and for all of you who have a little South in your mouth. Merry Christmas. Happy 2024. And we'll see you when 2024 comes. Until that time, be safe out there. And we love y'all. 